Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm very, very spoiled today. Guys, I got not one, but two No Time to Die trailers. (laughs) The movie will probably be fine. I mean, I'm Alex. Yeah, Alex is basically Warner Brothers' sugar baby at this point. I'm Britain. It's not Warner Brothers. (laughs) Who is it? Uh, MGM. I mean, are they, st- are they still going? Yeah, you're not wrong, Britain. Just not for this, not for this movie. Okay, okay. Well, I did not genuinely didn't know MGM was still a thing. Um, let, let me pull up my my review for Wonder Woman 1984, and I'll show you just how much I love Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just make movies, and you send them pictures of yourself. That's the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you keep making them think you'll go to dinner with them, but you won't. <laughs> but hey it's getting you through little, college little, little i don't like smile joke. and a sunset yeah 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 <laughs> just like a, mm, a little coquettish i don't like this joke anymore <laughs> i mean i feel gross uh speaking of feeling gross <laughs> yeah. uh, i was thinking of going there but i feel like it would have been more appropriate last week in terms of making that yeah, transition that's so. true Speaking of feeling gross, let's talk about Halloween 3 Season of the Witch some more. Um, yeah. We are this week talking about Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. There you go. Not to be confused with the revenge of Michael Myers. Correct. Can I say, I, th- I find it very funny that I guess they just decided they really needed to tank the branding of the third one. So they now are using the number four and not the Roman numeral four. I don't know if that's just like a like an ease of putting on posters. I don't I don't know where that comes from, but it's fewer like, it's fewer hand strokes to make a V than right. it is to make or a whole like, four. Oh yeah, won't, people won't understand the Roman numeral. Yeah, four. maybe maybe that's all it is. <laughs> also, be an IV. So I take it back. Yeah. Um, also, you can't revenge without returning. So yeah. No, the, the, I think it tracks. I think we're back on track in terms of the subtitle checking out. Sure. sure. Makes enough sense. Yeah, he Michael does. Michael Myers hey, is hey. in the movie. He has returns. returned. Uh-huh. He has returned. Does, does this movie, yeah. when does this movie, does this movie take place after Halloween 2 or Halloween 1? Two. Halloween two. 2, right? Okay, because they're all crispy and stuff. Okay. Yes, and we reference the revelation of the Strode right. and Myers families. Right, right, right. I, uh, Britain, I, I would be more upset at you at not, like, being very hyper-focused on the continuity of Halloween, but it's the continuity of Halloween. I think yeah. you're fine. Yeah, I, <laughs> on the other hand, I am very hyper-focused on the continuity of Halloween, so. <laughs> Who would have thought this would be the one franchise where Tyler and I have flipped on this? <laughs> that uh, was Fast and the Furious. Sure. That is true. Um, that is very true. We are talking about Halloween 4, Return of Michael Myers. Uh, does anybody have a strong best or worst thing to say? And also, I guess Alex has to say the things about the movie. Uh, I can take both. Uh, oh. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, directed by Dwight H. Little from 1988. It has a 29% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 53% audience score. So that is a lower critic score um, substantially from Halloween 3, which had a 41%. It's just a few points underneath Halloween 2. 
Um, but it is a an increase from Halloween 3's audience score. So, kind of a I mixed approve. reception on that front. Um, overall, I will say I like the movie quite a bit. This is probably my second favorite of movie what we ever. watched. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> movie ever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's it's, it's white it's white oleander Halloween four, <laughs> and then you um, know other crap like Logan and such. <laughs> yeah, 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 the Bone Collector, whatever. <laughs> the Steel Magnolias. The <laughs> Magnolias. <laughs> the Hannah Montana movie. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Overall, I like the movie quite a bit. Um, it does have problems, but I think this is kind of uh, the closest we'll get in a while to a. Re- a return to form so to speak kind of getting everything back on track uh my best thing about the movie is going to be the same but different approach that the film takes um i think it was uh robert zemeckis who first kind of coined that phrase when he was talking about back to the future 2 where he said audiences when they're looking at a sequel to something they want the same thing but they want it to be different um and I feel like this movie does that fairly well. It's not a complete rehash of number one, which I feel like would be the easy thing to do, um, particularly after Halloween 3, because it went its own way. It's not about Michael Myers or trying to do an anthology thing, and that completely bombed. Um, coming back to this, I could see them trying to do just the exact same plot as the first movie, just do it over again. Um, and in some ways it is repeating. Obviously, you have Halloween Night, Michael Myers Escapes, Dr. Loomis is trying to track him down, and he is trying to kill um, a member of the Strode family. Um, so in that way, it's it's kind of, it, it in some ways, it, it kind of reminded me actually of like Force Awakens or Jurassic World in that way, where it's a, it does feel like a soft reboot. Um, I, uh, I think it the interesting comparison that was coming to my head, not necessarily matching the quality of these, but um, I would say Alien and Aliens is not dissimilar yeah. like i feel like this one does take the concept and tries tries to ask like what if we made this a little bigger what if we had some more action going on had had more people involved and and more aware of what was going on um made it a little more over the top um like i said not not as good as aliens but uh it did give me that vibe so instead of like an a plus for tyler it's like yeah like oh, a minus yeah like yeah, A minus. B, B plus. <laughs> B plus if we want to be like Don't. you know if we want to be strict about I, it. I shouldn't I shouldn't uh let us get into this because uh my grade might be higher than it seems like it should be for Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Uh continue, Alex. Oh, I, I, I'm excited for that. Um just a few things that I, I noticed watching it this time. I've I've only seen this like a couple of times beforehand. Like I said, I, I caught a lot of the, the Halloween sequels on TV just like during AMC Fear Fest, like marathons and such. Um I like that this movie does it actually involve trick or treating as part of yep. the plot. Um Yeah, all that the kid first stuff. Yeah. Kid stuff. <laughs> the first two movies, like they they talk about, you know, Lori goes to babysit um Tommy and he does have a costume, but they never do trick-or-treating. So I don't know, yeah. thinking back about it, I, I don't know if the idea is that he was trick-or-treating before she came over to babysit, and now they're just hanging out at the house. I'm not really sure. Um, but I appreciated that they did actually make that a plot point of like, no, 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 we're going to go out and trick-or-treat. And that gives, that gives the opportunity for, um, 
you know, more more interaction with Jamie Lloyd, uh, our new protagonist, and and a lot of the kids, um, the other kids, and trying to deal with her uh, trauma and the fact that she's kind of been ostracized. And uh, I, I liked all that stuff. Um, but then also just the fact that now we have a little girl as the protagonist. Um, so it, it, it does make the situation feel even more dire when she's on her own getting chased by Michael Myers because she's, she's really helpless. She's even more helpless than, uh, than Lori was in the first film. Um, and also Jamie Lloyd's just really cute as a little kid. She's cute and she's very likable. Um, so I think that helps quite a bit. Uh, and and then the last, yeah, I was just going to say, and we can get into this more, but I think it's an interesting flip to have like Rachel, the, the babysitter be the, um, Lori sort of stand in. Yeah. And so then you have the, oh, she's trying to defend somebody else as opposed to trying Mm. to defend herself and she can just send the kid away. Like, I think that makes it a little more interesting in, in terms of the dynamic and how those scenes play out. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, the last thing is the ending, um, which I I would think that one of you would choose that as your best thing, but I don't know. Uh, the the twist reveal that Michael Myers is seemingly dead, but Jamie has uh, seemingly taken up his mantle uh, through some kind of possession or, or some supernatural means, and she murders her, uh, uh, her adopted mom. That's interesting. I did not read that as supernatural at all. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I read it as I, supernatural just if, because if, if they had more information, maybe we could read it as something. I, I yeah, Britain, I'll, I'll, I'll second that because um, we don't really get a whole lot of that. I mean, throughout I the movie, there does I seem to know. be there does seem to be I a don't. mental connection of some sort to Michael Myers. Like she seems to know like where he is. And in a lot of her kind of nightmare se- sequences, it's hard to tell when Michael Myers is there and when he's not. Right. Um, so I, I do think there is a little bit to that. And then of course we've got like the Sam Hain stuff in like Halloween too. So they do, you know, it, there, there's something there. There's something there. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but just the, the, the ending where she's standing there in the clown costume with the, the bloody scissors and Loomis is like freaking out and he's trying to shoot her. And it's just like, it's, um, it's, it's a pretty powerful ending. Um, I'm going to go ahead and warn you guys. You probably be probably won't be happy with where halloween 5 takes all of that so i just wanted to prep y'all for that sure um but sure. as a, a a standalone ending to this film it's very very good so um my worst thing about the film is just going to be overall it feels fairly cheap um but not in like the quaint charming way of the original film which of course is is compensated with by you know having john carpenter at the helm so you've got all of his style and then dean cundy cinematography this one i noticed just there's a lot of major continuity errors um and i've gone and looked at the behind the scenes stuff and it was just like they they (laughs) they had very limited time and and like this movie was made for cheap um most of these movies are made for cheap um which is completely fine but um a couple of examples uh loomis's makeup his burn scar on his cheek changes wildly between scenes. And the reason for that is the kind of, I don't want to say it's like the hero version of that makeup, but like the main version that shot through a lot of the early parts of the movie was the original design that they went with. And then 
I don't know if it was a member of Donald Pleasance's family or a friend or somebody. They went, that looks like an egg, like a scrambled <laughs> egg. And apparently everyone started freaking out of like, oh, does he look silly? Um, so like throughout the movie, it's just constantly changing because they didn't end up going with their, uh, they didn't stick with their set design. Um, and then the other thing, when they're at the school and Loomis is getting attacked by Michael Myers, Michael Myers has like this orange mask and like orange hair for a couple yeah. of shots. And apparently that was a byproduct of them trying to recreate like the original mask from the first two movies, but they still just had it like in the, the makeup trailer and they were shooting it like really late in the morning and everyone was tired. And like the guy who went to go get it, just grabbed the wrong mask. So like apparently stuff like that was happening. Um, so yeah, I think overall that stuff's cute. And in hindsight, it's like, oh, there's like a certain charm to like a cheap horror movie that has yeah. those kinds of errors. And it's just like a ragtag group of people just trying to make a movie for like no money. So there's a yeah. charm to that. But at the same dead. time, I f I feel like it takes away from the the scariness of it because I'm, I'm you know, it, it, it didn't feel scary through a lot of that stuff because I'm just like, oh, that's cute. So long winded, but there you go. <laughs> Tyler, what you got? Yeah. Um, I can go a few different ways with my... B plus! Best thing. <laughs> ah! um, I think... Ultimately, for me, my best thing about this is how good I thought the dialogue was for the characters in terms of establishing mm. them as having a very specific personality. Um... I felt like every character had a, a really strong voice uh, beyond maybe necessarily what the, even the cast was able to bring to them um, or, or sort of the opposite of a lot of the time we'll talk about, Oh, there's the, there's a good actor in this movie who doesn't get anything to do. And therefore you don't really get to see them shine. I feel like this really, this script really helped a lot of the cast to be able to um, get more kind of pathos and emotion out of what was going on, because I feel like it was really strong and I feel like, there is some good dialogue. There is a lot of character stuff that was just um, a lot of fun. There's the all the uh, rednecks at the bar who go wild when they realize that something's gone down at the police station. Um, I love uh, the random preacher that Loomis finds uh, who's talking about looking for damnation. That might uh, be the best scene of all. It's just, it's just this completely <laughs> random thing where they just talk to talk at each other for a bit about like the horrors and looking for God's wrath and whatever. And it's just like, being what? Pilgrims. Being pilgrims. That was, that was a good part of that. Um, but also uh, for other characters like Rachel, I think Rachel is really well portrayed as a teenage girl who is very much, you know, going to be selfish as teenagers are um wants some things for herself and and tries to uh focus on herself sometimes but also clearly really cares for um Jamie what's what's her character's Jamie. name yeah Jamie. what's the actress's name Danielle Dan Harris yeah right okay um I, it, well it is confusing cuz obviously she's named after after uh, Jamie Lee Curtis yeah after Jamie Lee Curtis so it's confusing of like so you've got like two Jamies <laughs> and you've got a Lori like I <laughs> yeah yeah okay back on board. and then there was an oh. Annie right Britain there was yeah. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> oh, um, but I think Rachel is really well portrayed as someone who, um, it's dealing with a lot and 
doesn't always react to it in a way that's like the most i don't know kind to jamie and the most rational but obviously she's again a teenager that teenagers aren't rational i think it was a good portrayal of someone who clearly is supposed to be kind-hearted while also um struggling with normal teenage struggles and also michael myers trying to kill her and the child she's babysitting um her stepsister yes it would be a foster sister i guess foster sister yeah um so yeah uh i think all of that and then um i can't really extend this to michael myers because michael myers doesn't have dialogue um but i think i really thought michael myers was strong in terms of his personality in this um I just felt like in turn, I, I talked before, especially in, I think the first, about the first movie. Well, it would have to be one of the other two movies that has Michael Myers, I guess. Um, I talked before about how I like that he has a flair for the dramatic and being mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> showy and uh, a jerk. Um, and I think some of that comes through. We can talk about it more, um, but they, they do some fun stuff with that as well. Um so yeah, I just thought the the characters overall were really strong and memorable for me in a way that I was not expecting from already being this deep into the franchise. I kind of figured there'd be a lot of, oh, that that's that random person who is just awful to watch whenever they're on screen and super annoying and we don't want to think about them ever again. And I'm assuming we're going to get there with some of the other <laughs> movies. Um, but with this one, I felt like it was it was a strong group of, of uh, personalities and I was a fan. Um, I think in terms of worst thing, uh, I didn't have much that was strong. Um, I think for me, the talking about the continuity errors and some of the sillier stuff, uh, was kind of charming to me. I feel like that was endearing and made me really buy into the movie. Um, I don't know if I have a super strong worst thing. There's a, it's definitely not perfect. There are there are little things here and there um, that we'll get into. I guess the the biggest thing would probably be there's one too many Michael Myers fakeouts. Uh, I think as we get towards like the final act, um, in terms of him, oh we think maybe he's dead. Okay, he's back. Like they, um, what is it they do? How do they kill him or th- believe they kill him before the rednecks drive Rachel and Jamie out of the city? What happens there? Oh, the, the, the school. They leave him in the school. Oh, right. So not necessarily a fake out, I guess. Not in terms of them thinking he's actually dead. But they're like, all right, we're getting the kids out of here. It's going to be the smart move. Michael Myers is in the school, so we're not going to deal with him. And then he shows up on the truck. He attacks them on the truck. He kills all the rednecks which is pretty fun. And he's hanging on like a crazy man. Um, they he run was able to him. hang on with one hand and with the other one, he's still got his knife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they end up running over him and then uh, he gets back up uh, and then tries to maybe kill Jamie. That's a little ambiguous. Uh, and then they shoot him again and he falls into the ditch. I don't know. I feel like that third act went on just a touch too far for me. I think there were a few too many, wait, he isn't dead. Ah, like that kind of vibe. They didn't do exactly that, but they had a similar idea of, we have to keep stringing this along and finding ways um, to create new set pieces to fight him in (laughs) or to have that be the final stand for him. 
Um, yeah, I'll go with that. Because uh, I'm also thinking about there's the entire sequence at the house where they're running around on the roof after he, he goes through the entire house and tries to kill them and kills everybody else. And then they get away from him there. And Jamie runs to and finds Loomis and they go to the school. <clears throat> like there's just there's a few too many sequences stitched together there for me. I felt like that dragged on a bit. Um, so I'll go with that. Final answer. <laughs> so <Department>. A minus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, <clears throat> I didn't really go for this one. I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, what I will say for my best thing is. I liked the cinematography. It's nice and crisp. Uh, I liked... They do away with the pumpkin opening, which is a shame. But yeah. <coughs> I liked all the creepy harvest imagery. I thought that was... There were some just nice images over the under the credits, which I thought was nice. And there's some good shots. I can't remember that many of them, but they were they looked good. Like like the graveyard at the end looked good with the light shafting through. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, <clears throat> Really, my, my best thing is that Brady dies. Sure. Uh, Brady. Um, I did not dislike him to the degree i disliked the the jerk boy in the second movie but brady was just kind of a tool and bud bud thank you yeah and brady the thing i was concerned about it was more a relief than a that he that 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 they didn't do a bad thing than it was that i hated brady but i was afraid that they would take the adulterous pair and only kill the woman Mm. they were just gonna kill the girl and that it was gonna be this the horror trope of we will we'll get this woman in her underwear we'll see her in sh- a shirt but no pants and we'll we'll let you get aroused by her and then we'll let you get aroused again by killing her like that's what these movies do and not and, and i know that the halloween that michael myers doesn't impose any sort of morality on his killings um which will probably feed into my worst thing but the mo- but horror movies have a, a a a sad trope of slut shaming women yeah. and like well you, that's the one that had sex so that's the one that dies and which we've talked about is this kind of a gross thing um and he killed both of the adulterous couple so it in as much as the movie is imposing a morality on this they both died so i was like oh great i don't have a problem with it anymore um good job my my worst thing is it's a combination of growing pains and honestly of of Michael Myers um one I didn't like the new mask it, it just didn't work for me as much as it did in the first one but this movie really made me and, and maybe my worst thing is more wondering about the longevity than it is anything in this particular movie because this in this movie and it's only the third time we've seen Michael Myers I really started to feel like how long can we drag out the immortal guy is just killing everybody because alex you described the first one as a little nightmare of a movie which i think is a good a good way to phrase it and so if you know in that movie the idea that you know death is just this unexplainable thing that just is just this wall of violence that is going to come after you no matter what you do and then at the end oh is it supernatural or is it not we don't know. The movie's over. All of that works great in one movie. But I think as you start to make more and more sequels, and I wonder, and, and I may not feel this way later on, but it just kind of become, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that it'll just become, he's immortal. They think they'll, they'll, they'll think they beat him and they didn't. 
and he'll just keep killing a bunch of people. And it's just like watching people die in different ways, which, you know, after this movie, I might be like, I know what I'm in for. Great. Let's just enjoy it. Have fun. Who cares? But for this one, I started to feel like, how interesting is this guy? How scary is, for, for me personally, how interesting is he? How scary is he? How, not that I need the killers in movies to impose morality, but at least then you have like something to kind of hook into and, and talk about. But Myers is, in this, he just felt like, I mean, literally a shape. <laughs> you know, the, just like a thing going around killing everybody. And there wasn't, as, apart from his flair for the dramatic, which almost felt like a movie choice more than a Michael Myers choice, even though I know it's both. He just felt like just kind of a dull thing, which may be gone immediately in the next movie when I go, I know what this is. But also the ending, like, posits almost that is Michael Myers just a malevolent spirit that has now inhabited Jamie, you know, which there's a Richard Matheson short story that I think is called Prey, that spoilers for Prey is essentially about that. <laughs> and it's very scary, uh, as I recall it being. and Because it was just written really, really well. What's but, the basic premise for that one? Because I think I've read that too. Uh, it's like a woman buys a, a doll, and it's called yep. like He Who Kills or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That is like one of... I, I don't tend to read much horror fiction, yeah. but that is like the scariest thing I've ever read. It is, but <laughs> like just the, and the, the way that Matheson like describes that transference yeah. at the end of the, the, the book is really, really... Or the story is really effective. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay. Okay, not against it. Is that going to be the thing? And then are we going forward with that? Because if it is, okay, cool. There is always a new Michael Myers. I don't know. And, and I, I guess really what I'm getting at is the movie itself definitely has some parts that I was entertained by or appreciated. And I, I do agree with everything y'all were saying, but it just made me wonder like, oh, how sustainable is this? Yeah. And I, I can only answer that as we go forward. Um, yeah. but it, it, it raised a lot of, of doubts in me, but that's what faith is, right? Having doubt. Uh -huh. I do think it is one of those franchises that is kind of, a it, it falls victim to the, uh, the simple effective premise as red letter sure. media would like to say. So like something like alien or predator, um, something like that, uh, particularly a horror film where so much reliance is on the monster or the creature, yeah. Um, that really the most you can hope for, unless you have a Sigourney Weaver who is going to show up for all of the sequels and like right, we right. continue to evolve her character and she continues to give a wonderful performance. Really, the best you can rely on is like just the atmosphere or like whatever fresh take that yeah. the filmmakers or the writers are going to bring um, just to see if they put a slight spin on it. Um. Because, like, the base story isn't going to change all that much. Right. So really all you can hope for are some sty stylistic flourishes. Maybe the Alien comparison was good, Tyler, because don't both franchises try to explain more and more of the lore as they yeah. go on to perhaps diminishing returns? Um, yeah. Halloween Mythius. Michael Mythius. Pro Myers. We'll have to... I was going to say we'll have to track and see uh, which one of these would yeah. line up with the alien franchise and and is maybe this my alien yeah. three maybe maybe that's where <laughs> we're heading right now <laughs> well and maybe maybe i would feel differently about this one in relation to everything i just said if it were the second movie if if it were or even yeah. the third but 
and I know the not literally, <laughs> but but yeah, I don't know if, if maybe it maybe if it was the second movie, I would feel a little bit differently. Like, okay, this is ten years later. Lori went on with her thing, had a child, decided that she didn't want that lame kid, <laughs> um, and the kid went to go live to, with a well, different she, family in the same place. She died. No, she, died. she died. Yeah. She died. That's right. That's right. Which, um, speaking of Alien Three, uh, killing off characters in between movies. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised by how little I was bothered by that. Ultimately, um, they they brought that up, and I was kind of like, ah. But then I feel like again going talking about the characters, I feel like I got back into it pretty quickly in terms of wanting yeah. to know what these characters were sure. up to. I do I feel. Think it, uh, well, I'll just say real quick. I do yeah. think it also helps Tyler that we know she comes back multiple yeah. times sure. later on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's helped by the uh, uh, canonical in between comic book Strode Rage. Um. I think that was pretty good. That that helped. Is that the uh, prequel to? Oh, what's the what's the classic um, that just came out a couple years ago? Uh, with um, ah, who's our good friend Russell Crowe? Oh, uh, rage Un- unhinged, 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 yeah, unhinged. That, you're right, you're right. Yeah, he he can happen to anybody. <laughs> yeah, can Crowe rage also happen to anybody? Russell Crowe can happen to anybody. Um, so is Halloween 6 the one where it breaks the... Con- so I'm, I'm guessing 5 is a direct sequel to this. Five, six. 5 and 6 form with this film to be like a, a very weird trilogy. Like they are meant okay. to be kind so of essentially one, one one two four five six are all yes. supposedly continuing. Okay, yes. correct. Yeah. And then they just start playing Calvin Ball. Gotcha. That's a good dig way it. of putting it. <laughs> yeah, dig it, dig it. Um, Myers Ball, M- Michael Ball, Michael Ball, Michael Ball, uh, <laughs> star of Les Misérables and many other great stage productions. Um, Michael Bolton will be doing the theme song for the next Halloween film. <laughs> this is the tale of Halloween Seven. <laughs> um, I want to yeah. talk about. Oh, I I had my no no no. Go ahead. Topic. Go um, ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I think what really resonated with me about this is that I am always on the lookout for good Halloween the holiday movies. Sure. Yes. Um, I feel like there are not enough that are quintessential. Like this is a Halloween film. You know, you've got Nightmare Before Christmas. You got Hocus Pocus. Um, Halloween Town. You've got Halloween Town, kind yeah. of a different vibe, but that right. certainly valid. No, I agree. Um, I remember uh, last Halloween, Tyler and his family and I spent it together, um, and we were trying to find like Halloween movies to watch, and that was what we kept running into was like, well, this might be a good horror movie, no. but is it a Halloween movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, th- there's just not like yeah a ton of strong ones, and I think this, maybe even more so than the first movie, which is clearly a better movie but still um this one might be a more quintessential halloween movie definitely more than the second one i would say um and definitely more than season of the witch uh (laughs) i felt that it was a lot more inundated in the idea of a a serial killer doing a thing on halloween yeah um 
where you have kind of the town prepping, you got teenagers making plans, you've got trick-or-treating. Like you said, Alex, we actually see trick-or-treating happen. They go to a costume store to find a costume for Jamie. Um, there's and just so, a lo- And so Jamie can make out in the re- at the register. <laughs> correct, correct. You mean Rachel. Rachel, we, sorry. We oh, yeah. Know. Oh, God. Absolutely, <laughs> Rachel. I'm so sorry. Oh, my um, goodness. But yeah, I think it... For me, it really capture that vibe that i'm always looking for and like what's a movie that is a little bit spooky that i can sit down and enjoy um i didn't talk about this with halloween 2 which to its credit it did have some some parts where they were uh, i think in the school maybe in the hospital they had uh halloween decorations up and that was Mm -hmm. kind of fun um because it's a very obviously very juxtaposed thing of oh this is some really colorful, fun jack-o'-lantern and bats and stuff. And then, oh, there's a horrible serial killer who's murdering everybody. Um, this one does that even more. This one really brings that to the forefront and, and plays with the fact that it is Halloween. Um, and I, I love that. I think that was fun. And, like, Jamie gets lost while trick-or-treating. And um, they they do the... I don't know how old this trope... Or how long it took this trope to really flood horror movies maybe it's already been done it had already been done in like nightmare on elm street or something by this point but uh it's the first time i think in these movies where we've had a fake out of multiple people dressing up as the villain and then being like oh we're just dumb kids and running off obviously we had (laughs) that poor dude from the second movie get horribly murdered in a car crash well because he was wearing the wrong mask but this is one where um they actually kind of play off of both jamie and loomis having some like maybe hallucinations about Mm -hmm. uh michael myers and basically raise the question of are there more than one of them and so then you see them all and you think for a moment you see three people walking up with a michael's myers michael myers mask and think oh geez are there multiple michael myers and then they it's they're actually a bunch of kids it's like okay that that could have been a weird twist (laughs) that may not have worked if you'd come that route so that's probably for the best um and then of course they drive off and michael myers the real michael myers michael myers is still standing there that's fun. I love that kind of stuff. I think that they they really play into it. They play into the vibe. Um, and this gave me a lot of what I was what I've been looking for without expecting it at all. Uh, in a in a series this far down, I really thought it would just be completely devoid of charm and uh, interesting characters and stuff like that. So I thought that was really neat. Um, <laughs> I do think the characters are stronger. Just a second, what you said. I, I do think that by and large, these characters are more memorable than like in the second one mm-hmm. or the third one, even despite the fireman extra who i love sure yeah i because it's true i think of most like when i think of movies that do feel properly halloweeny mostly they're aimed at children and they're mm-hmm. like monster house or paranorman or i don't know other fun size i don't know there's that movie trick-or-treat i guess that i didn't see mm. that might be might be more halloween type situation krampus <clears throat> etc krampus yes that i did see it was all right <laughs> um, I thought it was all right, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought this movie also seemed to have a little more sense of fun. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we were talking before the show, but there's a part where the the good old boys go out to hunt down Michael Myers, and they think they see him, and they just open fire shotguns and. And several times there are shootouts in this movie, and the bullets are making like pew pew pew, pew uh-huh. like ricochet rabbit noises. Yeah, um, which is funny. 
to me. But then they find out that it was not Mike. They go to check the body and they go, oh, well, that's just Ted Cofield or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then the scene just ends. <laughs> like, it's not. And, and in the second one, when they accidentally killed that teen and then never addressed it, it just felt like the movie was being like, I don't know. We forgot to talk about it, whatever. <laughs> this felt like the movie went, let's just do a joke. Like, it almost felt well, like a joke. They did actually use it for a plot point because yeah. that's what gets the sheriff to leave the house. Mm. Yeah, the sheriff, which is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie where the sheriff is on the phone and they're like, oh, <laughs> this is Earl's boys. We killed Ted. And he's like, you what? <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I do also want to point out that apparently Haddonfield, Illinois, is both a southern redneck good old boy Dukes of Hazard town. And also, they got a New York sheriff. If you mess with my daughter, I'll put this shotgun in your face. Which I know people can, you know... Move. Right. <laughs> but... Look, still. look, ha- Haddonfield, it's middle America. It's it's a melting pot, okay? It's a melting <laughs> pot. It's Had- really got all the cultures of America. Yeah, sorry, New York. Haddonfield's got, the real thing. It's center. got... New Yorkers, it's got rednecks, it's got serial killers. It's Dance. got it's Donald really, it's got it's Donald, Donald Pleasance. Pleasance with a burnt face. It's really everyone you would expect it's, to see in any old Dan Dan Cortez. <laughs> Cortez. It's it's like my favorite joke from the Simpsons movie where uh Ned is taking Bart on like oh, yeah. a little hike or whatever, and they're like, Now you can see all the towns that or the the states that border Springfield. He's like, Maine, Kentucky, Washington. Like, he's listing off all yeah. of these just wild places. <laughs> Maine and Kentucky. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mine is when he tells Spider Pig, maybe we should kiss to break the tension. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should. It's so good. Uh, I didn't watch that movie. <laughs> is it a I didn't Halloween watch it, movie? but I'll make that my recommendation. <laughs> you get to see Bart's dingus. <laughs> no nudity in this movie, by the way. Uh, I mean, ish. close, yeah. Uh, close. But yes, more more tasteful than yeah. I expected. I really thought we were just gonna get same, you know, like kind of an exploitative nude scene mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. from Cheating Lady. Uh, yeah. What was her name? I think the actress's name is Kelly. What's the, the character's, character's name? name? Is Kelly? There we go. Kelly. Okay, it's Kelly. All who right. who also has a super strong introduction because she's working at the the store that uh, Brady is also working at. And Brady and his friend are hyping up some other poor schmuck, and they're like, "Yeah, go ask her out. It'll be fun." And then she, yeah. he walks over there, and before she says anything or he says anything, she turns around and tells him uh, very impolitely to walk away. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it's Shuts pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's basically the dynamic the three of us have when we go places. When yeah. we when we go hang out at uh, costume shops, but we hype each other up to, <clears throat> you know, go. Uh, play mini golfer no yeah it's actually all very positive it's like you should buy that hat man it looks really mm-hmm. good on you mm-hmm. do it do it. it'll be great you have a great head for it and then the twist is it did look good on me it actually yeah. did look great <laughs> and male <laughs> friendship man, should be celebrated man britain you're great at darts you should play that dart game at the carnival <laughs> you really should and, th- and then i play a great darts day and have a great and time with my friends won a giant <laughs> uh Sonic the Hedgehog plush. Like. <laughs> you know, you know, Tyler, you should invest in that $900 Lego Millennium Falcon. You just should. <laughs> or is it a Death Star? I don't know. And you Actually, know what? Alex... I did, and it was great. <laughs> you know what, Alex? You should get bangs. 
And then he got bangs. <laughs> and then I've got bangs. I can have a t-shirt that says, I've got bangs. And it's true. <laughs> Just an arrow pointing up. <laughs> For anyone who starts off looking at your shirt and not your hairstyle. Um, speaking of having a good time, I, I do want to talk about Michael Myers in this. Yes. Because uh, he... So we, we, we get him a few times. Um, he kills a dude and strings him up in the auto yes. shop um because he has to instill some tension in loomis um and he has to get the the uh the suit sure sure he has to get the costume it's halloween yeah, yeah. um and then uh he there's a there's actually a pretty chilling shot where he steals the tow truck from that place and then we see that tow truck parked with the hook taking up like a third of the screen while uh Rachel and uh Jamie are walking into the store. Yeah. Um it's definitely I mean it's no it's no Halloween, it's no John Carpenter directing uh but um there's some there are some really good shots in this and I think overall it is very cleanly done uh in terms of how the action's shot and and how the movie's presented. Um but yeah, then uh we also see Michael Myers uh grab a mask from in front of Jamie uh put it on i think that's supposed to be him at that point and not a hallucination uh yeah i'm pretty sure i think that's how he actually gets the mask yeah because at the end of that scene i think we have a reverse shot showing him like oh he was actually there the whole time yeah yeah um and then skipping ahead a lot in the movie when they're all hunkered down at the house he uh kills the deputy and sits down in his chair and positions the deputy so that the deputy's face is directly beside this candle and he waits for somebody who ends up being Kelly to go light the candle, see the deputy's face, freak out and realize that Michael Myers is sitting Myers is sitting in the rocking chair who then turns around and instead of shooting her, impales her on the deputy's gun. <laughs> Important context there. I, I do like the escalation there of, uh-huh. of like in each movie, we've got Michael Myers lifting someone up with a <laughs> with a weapon and each yeah. time it gets more ridiculous. So in the first movie, we've got the big kitchen knife mm-hmm. just stabs the guy into the wall. OK, we got that second one. He gets the nurse in the back with the scalpel. That's ridiculous because of how small that thing is. But it's mm-hmm. it works. It's fine. And in this one, just a shotgun. <laughs> yep. It's great. Yep. Pretty good. <laughs> I, I was going to ask how you guys felt about the deaths in this because it felt like as opposed to Halloween 2 where it was just like we're just going to use our R rating and we're just going to make them more violent. Yeah. This one felt like it's not necessarily more violent than the deaths in the first film. We're just going to make them more over the top. Like we're just going to they're going to be crazier like killing the guy at the um the power plant. Like he just gets oh, thrown yeah. onto yeah, a bunch yeah, of electrical yeah. wires. And it's not super graphic or anything, but you just watch that and you go, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also crushes Brady's face uh, with oh, one that hand. that is true. Uh, which is pretty fun. But that also is yeah. not like super graphic necessarily. You just start no. to see blood and, so, and he's obviously like, oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michael, Michael in this one seems to be like, I'm going to jam my finger into your forehead. Oh, and yeah. Something's going to pop. Because yeah, he does that too. at the beginning to one of the doctors when he's getting as- escorted in the uh, the hospital van. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and the Lord. other doctor says, we'll have you picked up soon, sir. <gasps> <laughs> 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 
so real quick, I was just looking up Dwight Little's uh, filmography. Um, you know, early on he was doing this kind of like micro, like smaller budget horror stuff. He is a very prolific TV director now. Include like The X Files, Twenty Four, Agents of Shield, Prison Break, um, Arrow, Sleepy Hollow, Bones. Uh, you know, actually like legit stuff. Um, he also directed uh, Free Willy Two: The Adventure Home. Which I'm assuming, all, yeah, where I'm assuming uh, Willie uses one of his flippers to crush a man's skull. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get more legit than that, you know. I, I watched that movie. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm going to guess they freed Willie. Um, yeah. Again. And then he adventured okay. home. And there was more tasteful sex scenes than we would have expected. Yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. Doing, I'm not going for that. I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> um, let's see what else. I, I enjoy the fact that he uh, hurls Loomis through a window in the school. Mm, um, yeah. Loomis is just, he's there and then he's been thrown away. It, it is funny because Loomis gets thrown around a lot in this movie. Like uh -huh. at yeah. the beginning where Michael drives away from the gas station, there's like an explosion because he smashes mm -hmm. into the, the gas tanks and, and Loomis just goes like diving like he's Tom Cruise or something. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently the opening of the movie, originally the pitch was they wanted to have a flashback to Halloween 2 showing like after uh, Loomis lights the explosion that seemingly kills Michael Myers it would show him like getting thrown through a wall uh -huh. to help justify like, mm. Oh, there's a reason why Loomis is kind of alive. Just go with it. You know? Yeah. Um, so apparently even from the beginning, they're like, we're going to throw Loomis around a lot. In this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I enjoy Loomis a lot in this. Um, I thought he was good in this. Yeah. I, agree. I think especially early on when he's yelling at the, uh, asylum director for letting, like michael myers be transferred away yeah. um and then the director gets the call and he's like oh oh and then he goes <laughs> to look up to tell loomis well i guess you're you know he did he did escape and loomis is gone <laughs> Loomis is like i am on the hunt it, it was honestly it was like it batman told it's like batman telling someone don't release the don't move the joker yeah and then they get a call about the joker and bat loomis is gone <laughs> A fun fact, I, I do believe the actor that plays the hospital director is the, um, he plays the, um, Russian, like, head of, uh, boxing in Rocky IV. Hmm. He, he's the guy talking about, whatever he hits, he destroys. <laughs> sure. Rocky just IV like, is awesome. Just I can't like wait for that director's cut. <laughs> Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Um, in a way. Donald Pleasance also gets um, dusted by some rude children uh, in a car when he is trying to get to yeah. hitchhike after yeah. uh, his car gets It was Wani getting revenge on him for trolling him sure. during Halloween 10 years ago. Very possible. Um, I would have loved if there had been an extended sequence of just Loomis bonding with some teens. <laughs> I was really hoping that's where we were going is that these teens are just going to be like, Hey, look at that creepy, dusty guy in a in a big yeah. coat. Get get in here, bud. And then like Let's it's go. all laughs, and they cut away to do stuff with Jamie, and they cut back, and they're and like one of them's crying, and Loomis is like, 
your father loves you. It's why he's hard on you. I'm not saying he's good at it, but <laughs> but there's a reason. Don't you understand? Hug him. Hug him six times. And then they all just become and or or it's like um oh which one is it? I think it's his Muppets from Space when Bunsen gets off the and, and Beaker get off the hippie bus and he's like goodbye Rainbow, stay groovy. It's like that. But Loomis gets off the 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 teens truck and he says kofefe and then dabs a whole bunch <laughs> <laughs> can i get you know that, like in 1988 can yeah. i get that dlc pack for halloween 4 <laughs> i was born in 1988 i don't know what the slang terms were i wasn't really i was picking up other things at the time i was figuring sure. out what you know light was and how to blink picking up box and such thank you um <laughs> Hitting all my milestones. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, we we have not talked about the part of the movie that made me double fist pump in the air. Um, I've, I've been excited to hear what that was. Because, and, and to give some background, actually going back really to Aliens, um, again, did not, this part did not help me not get that vibe. Um, they, uh, Basically, there's the whole sequence where uh, Rachel has Jamie on her back and they're climbing around the roof, which is pretty good. Pretty, I think that's a fun set piece after Michael Myers has chased them all the way up to the roof. Um, and they're scrambling and they're trying to figure out what to do. Rachel ends up falling halfway down uh, and Michael Myers just stares and is like, well, all right, <laughs> I guess that's going to do it. Um, and then continues on to chase after Jamie. And they go to the the school after that uh and basically ends with the uh the good old boys making the right decision they're like all right michael myers is in there we're gonna we're gonna avoid him let's just let's just move on all the state troopers are coming we're gonna be good uh, you know like let's just clear out um and so they they start to leave and at that point i was very curious what was going to happen and how it was going to be satisfying if it would be because uh it uh seemed like it was pretty much the end of the movie and i was like well i i, I was really hoping for one more big climactic moment but i guess that's just how we're gonna end but then of course he shows up on the truck he's murdering people left and right etc um he, he's doing michael myers things and then uh we get the point where uh, Rachel slams on the brakes and he goes flying forward. Uh, and she says a line very similar to what uh, Sigourney Weaver says at the end of Aliens to the Alien Queen. And uh, right as he's getting up, just completely floors him. He goes flying. The truck falls off. The thing. It was, I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I was a big fan. I thought that was like, I, ne- I needed that. And I was worried we weren't going to get something like that. And so to know that the director was still, to know that, <laughs> that Mr. Little was still uh, in tune with me there. Big. He still had my back. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm back on board. Little was like, you know, I can't direct an episode of Game of Thrones, but I can give this to Tyler. I can give <laughs> him this. That that one set of tire tracks on that road was when Dwight Little carried you. Yes. In his <laughs> in his big red truck. Yeah. <laughs> and then they shot Michael Myers with a lot of guns. Correct. 
That was a little, and to kind of go back to what I was saying, it's like, at this point, we all kind of know that he's immortal. Sure. So, and of course, the characters don't know that, except for maybe Loomis. But Loomis but, should know that, and I feel Loomis like should, he should yeah. constantly be telling people, listen, if you shoot him, especially six times, he'll only <laughs> stay down for about 45 seconds. <laughs> but this this one, like, they shoot him a bunch, he falls... <laughs> He apparently is able to completely break ground and go deep under the ground and get immediately buried by it. And then Loomis is like, "He's he went underground. He won't be coming back because he returned. Like he was giving some sort of <laughs> pseudo mystical kind of like he returned to where he came from the ground, or he went to where evil always goes, the ground." And I was like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> what is evil like a geo dude? What are you?" He's actually about? giving a very um, he's giving a really actually insightful take on how our pollution affects groundwater oh, and drinking yeah. uh, quality and yeah. such so sure and britain when you when you look at the character arc of loomis over these movies being just he goes crazy like his arc is just that's losing fair. his mind that's that fair. makes a lot more sense yeah no that's true um but yeah so then every he he gets buried magically but then again apparently jamie is now going to be Michael Myers, according to the end of this movie. It was weird. So my thing about the Jamie stuff, uh, I thought it was more saying that she, because of maybe just being haunted by the idea of him uh, losing her parents at a young age, was just having like a traumatic breakdown. Um, being chased around in the dark by Michael Myers probably did not help. Um just because uh, she has a picture of him in the clown suit as a kid, I believe. And so that is like why she goes for the clown suit. And so when that happened, which it seemed like it was kind of a response to the other kids picking on her for having dead parents, which is okay. I mean, probably not unrealistic, but sure. Um, They uh, have her choose that costume and I was kind of that that set off for me some. Oh, is is she? Does she want to get back at these kids somehow? Is, you know, is she going to try and intimidate them? What's going on with that? And then uh, she also, like, I think touches Michael Myers' hand at the yeah. end. Uh, at the well. end of the movie, yeah, she grabs grabs his hand. There's a couple of little hints that to me had me thinking, oh, something seems weird here. Yeah. Um about her and so when that happened that was all i was thinking was just oh it's it's a cycle repeating itself because of the horrors that michael meyer has and i thought i got uh excited and i have learned this is probably not the case uh i've learned this is definitely not the case i was really hoping that meant that the next movie is titled the revenge of michael myers because it's like oh he is actually gone but uh jamie is now like has been so scarred by him that she is now you know kind of be also become a, a killer yeah um, spoilers yeah. for everyone <laughs> yeah. that's not what happens and, and i looked it up later like immediately after i was like oh okay um yeah. but i thought that would have been a neat way to take it and that's where my, my mind was at uh when that happened no, that makes sense yeah i definitely um, i definitely get that read i think the <clears throat> following movies from my understanding do take it to more of y'all's read but for me in this, I think as just looking within the movie, I think it still works um, as as just, oh, yeah. she's actually also a, a very troubled child. Yeah. Maybe she's more of a Lizzie from The Walking Dead. Yeah. 
He's not evil. He's just different. <laughs> He's just sick. You're hurting him, etc. Mm-hmm. Those I, kids were mean, though. I, I do like how it started off with, we're going to make fun of her because she doesn't have a costume, and then it just escalates <laughs> like very yeah. fast. It was like, huh, you don't have a costume? That's weird. Your parents died, and are the, you're the niece of a murderer. Like, it just really... I I uh, I thought the the way they handled Jamie's trauma was actually super effective and it felt very different from from most other horror movies I've seen. Like in some ways it felt kind of like Midsommar in terms of like Florence Pugh's character in that is like she is recovering from some very traumatic stuff and like a lot of the movie she spends kind of just shut off. Um so I was kind of getting those vibes. Uh but it it did also help one of my complaints, particularly with Halloween 2, is that we're not with Lori enough and kind of having her deal with the trauma of what just happened in the first film. And also her having that revelation that, oh, I am I'm his sister. And what does that mean for me? I feel like this movie was kind of making up for a lot of that in terms yes. of just like, no, like some of the stuff has to have weight it, it needs to matter and it needs to affect our characters beyond man is stabbing people. Right. And, uh, I will also say it helps with my perception of Michael Myers in this, that the first movie and the second movie, and really the second movie emphasizes this. Well, actually it was really just the second movie that had the complaint. Cause the second movie is where we introduced the connection between him and Laurie. Um, and the fact that they're actually like not very far apart in age. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was kind of weird, uh, to think about just in terms of Michael Myers being, seeing this ancient entity. Um, I think you can make an uncle a lot creepier than you can make a slightly older brother. And I feel like that, that helped with the vibe a little bit, um, that it's this poor little girl running from, uh, this horrible monster. I think that, that reset that a little bit in my brain. Also, Danielle Harris is just, like, a really good actress. Like, even as a young girl, like, she sells the scenes where she's having, like, full-on panic attacks. I, I thought she handled yeah, those she very, job. very well. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Britton, it, 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 just circling back to something you said earlier, just the, the superficial thing with the mask. It is interesting how, how the masks are going to change mm-hmm. moving forward. Because, like, the next film which is pretty much a direct sequel to this completely different mask. Oh, wow. <laughs> My um, dude, just every time he's got to recompo- recompose, um, recharge, you know, yeah. he gets up, he's like, all right, dusting myself off. Time Didn't get him this up. time. Uh, it's a shame, but you know what? I'm going to be back and better than ever. I just got to pop over to the neighboring town, buy another mask. We're going to be good. We're going to be, yeah. everything's going to be fine. Uh, I hope there's a scene. He just really, he just really takes yeah. a day for himself. You know, he he needs a me day. Yeah, um, and I hope there's like a montage of, of him trying on different masks, and like RuPaul is the mask salesman. <laughs> like, you're wearing that, and then there's a lot of him walking out, and RuPaul's like shaking their are their uh-huh. head, and then like big thumbs up, that kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. The, it, the funny, the funny thing about it is though. The poster for this film, and I believe also Halloween 5, and maybe even the 6th film, all of them use the original mask in the artwork. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is it's very strange. It's emblematic of Michael Myers believing he can return to greatness. 
and of the franchise consistently trying to believing uh, that they can yeah, return and to trying to convince you that it is worth that it. it makes sense that they're making these movies. Well, like if you put this mask on a DVD cover, people are gonna think it's a ripoff. It's it's like sure. a it, sure. it's an asylum film. <laughs> this, I mean, this is this is about Murray Medvers, and he's got a fork, and he's coming for you mm-hmm. on Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about the sound design real quick. Uh, sure. The sound designer for this, uh, or at least like the music guy. I don't know. I don't. I don't know exactly who all was involved. The people who were involved in this apparently have, were also involved in some movies like Back to the Future. Um, and I actually felt like it. It showed to some extent. Um, I think Alan Howarth is at least the music guy. Yes. Uh, let me double check if there is someone else I'm missing. I think that was the main thing. Um, Because he also, I think, did some of the sound design and stuff. Uh, And he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've looked it up and confirmed. Um, Back to the Future uh, apparently worked on uh, Escape from New York with John Carpenter. Worked on a bunch of stuff. Worked on, uh, looks like, maybe the other Halloween movies. So I thought it was really strong. We were talking about the um them all shooting the guns off uh at the dude in the bushes who ends up being just some random guy uh i noticed in that that they all had had very mismatched guns some of them had like shotguns and have rifles and they were making different sounds it didn't just sound like a stock gun barrage sound i thought that was neat <coughs> um i'm trying to think what else there are a couple of, of moments where i noticed the design just being really immersive and working really well. Um, there's a bit of a play on the theme with synths that I don't know if it works all that strongly for me, but they also use the actual theme to pretty good effect multiple times uh, without really overdoing it and making it just happen the entire movie. Um, so I don't know. I wanted to shout that out. I think there was some good stuff with that uh, that made me feel pretty immersed and gave, gives it that, uh, classic 80s feel uh in terms of the way that it's approached so that was something else that worked for me i will say that it is uh a movie that i watched on my ps4 with the headphones plugged <laughs> into the ps4 which always helps the me to actually like hear what's going on sure uh and not be trying to watch a movie via subtitles uh with a child sleeping in the background so there is that but uh yeah i thought it was Pretty good all around. I don't know that I have anything else to say. You could say your grade. <sighs> I honestly you just don't gave know. me a you just gave me a glare like a oh did I <laughs> like a Mexican standoff? Like, oh, I did uh, not mean to. Much um, good, the bad, the, the ugly. It's yeah, it's the end of that movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, I gotta go D plus. Just didn't didn't really work for me. Oh, Alex, Alex, where are you at? Um, I'm gonna stick with a B minus for right now. Uh, which is one step above Halloween two. Um, I was considering a B, but I. It it is really hard because I, like thinking of where all these movies are gonna net out at the end. I may need to change some stuff around. 
So I'm, I'm not sure, but I, B minus is kind of what I feel comfortable at for right now. I thought it was enjoyable. I, th- I think overall it's a, it's a fairly solid follow-up to Halloween, but obviously, you know, much like the second one, it's a, it's a step down, but I do think it's better than the second one. Yeah. I'm going to go B plus. I, I had genuinely had a really good time with it. Uh, Britain, you look like you had a thought. Yeah, what did I give the second one? Uh, C minus. Did I? Weird. Okay, whatever. Well, that's that's right in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're the same grade. <laughs> which I believe also isn't one of our greatest disparities in grades uh, uh, between Alex, you, and myself and in, for Alien 3. I believe so. so, and I think that might be between... I think it is a B-plus and a D-plus. That... Well, it's also with Britain as well, because obviously he reviewed that at a later date. I don't I don't think I have it recorded here, but... Oh, yeah, Alien 3 is a B to a D. Okay. Close, and close. Britain, you're probably like a D-plus on that movie. <laughs> cannot remember. <laughs> well, there we go. So. Time is a flat circle. Sigourney Loomis. <laughs> I, if we if we continue yeah. tracking this and throughout season of the witch, then that means that uh, the next one's going to be like, oh yeah, that was uh, a movie, and then we'll we'll just completely forget about it, and then uh, like six through the rest are going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I don't know how I feel about rating this lower than the second one, but rating systems are inherently flawed. Um, I don't have, okay, so my recommendations, plural, this week are, it's more of like a state of the movie address than it is like, because I I saw two movies, both of which definitely had things that I liked, but also both of which, neither of which really added up to something that I'm like, yeah, totally recommending that. Um, but I still will talk about both of them. The first one is The Neon Demon by Nicholas Winding Refn from 2016, which I've been wanting to watch for a while. Um, aesthetically, it does a lot of things that really work on me. It looks beautiful. There's some great music, some great shots, a lot of great performance or a lot of performances that I enjoy from Elle Fanning and Bella Heathcote and Abby Lee, uh, Jenna Malone, and a really fun, uh, small supporting performance by Keanu Reeves, who's, who's a lot of fun in it. Um, it, it, in a way at times it kind of reminded me of Mulholland Drive in that it's oh. also this like LA nightmare about, a young woman who comes to Hollywood to, to break into show business. Um, I like Mulholland drive a lot more. Uh, it didn't, the only thing that, the thing that really kind of caught put me off about it was that Elle Fanning was 16 when she made it. And there's, you know, she's not naked or anything in the movie, but knowing that then watching the movie, I was like, this feels a little weird at times for me. Um, otherwise I, I, I don't dislike it. Actually, I, I did ultimately, I would say, well, I'm I'm probably right, right right in the middle. There are things that I really liked about it, but in, by the end of it, I was like, okay, you know, um, it added it didn't add up to exactly what I was kind of hoping it it would. Um, but I think it looks terrific. The other one is kind of uncharacteristic. I am going to half recommend, mostly discuss uh, the Hateful Eight by Quentin uh, Q Tip Tarantino. Um, uh, cause he really gets in there, you know, uh, it's, it was, it's, it, it, I, I think I've talked about this on the show before that Tarantino's movies just don't, they're just not for me, but I continue to be 
I'll have these these times where I'll go, you know what, I really am curious about this. I'm going to watch it because he hires great actors who tend to do really good work in his movies. And there's usually something that appeals to me about the movies, even if when I watch them, it doesn't really work on me. Um, one day, I believe, maybe with his 10th film, or I haven't seen the Kill Bill movies, so maybe it'll be those or Death Proof. I will see a, a Quentin Tarantino movie where by the end of it, I will still like it because with this and with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, Okay, sure. I'm on. I'm on the. I'm on the road. Let's let's do this. And then by the end, I was like, "You lost me. You lost me, Quentin. I I couldn't go with you down all the roads you wanted to travel." Um, but hate. But that that's it. Hateful Eight, uh, is wonderfully acted. I think all the performances in it are so good. Uh, Walton Goggins especially, I thought was just yep. fantastic. I love him. Sam Jackson is really great. Jennifer Jason Lee's really good. Bruce Dern, Kurt Russell. You know, come on. Um, I thought all the performances were great. It looks beautiful. Robert Richardson, you know, uh, he's not Roger Deakins, who is, but Robert Richardson is clearly very gifted and it looks, it looks gorgeous. Um, and Tarantino is clearly trying to say, or at least discuss something about reconstruction era race relations. (laughs) I don't really know what he's trying to say with it and what he ends up saying with it, but it's there. Um, it's funny because this isn't, a, the, the stuff that I didn't like isn't such stuff that I'm necessarily like objecting to. I think in some of his other movies, I can point at scenes and go, I don't like this. And I think he should have done it this way. Like, I think I would like this more if he did it this way, or I wouldn't have the like ethical issue or whatever. I don't really have that with Hateful Eight. There's definitely, there, there is a uh, flashback story that Sam Jackson tells that I was not wild about, but I acknowledge, I think that's just a Britain thing more than it is. Quentin, you did a bad job. I think it's just me going, all right, we're just not on the same wavelength here. But um, I also feel like, yeah, by the end of it, also, it's probably too long um, for, for me. Uh, it just seemed to be kind of spinning its wheels towards that the could, end of it. That could be the quote on the poster for any Tarantino that's, movie, I feel. <laughs> that's quite accurate. And I, I uh-huh. love I love Tarantino movies, but yeah. That's, sure, sure. That's totally fair. <laughs> so it's it's this it, just that I felt like by the end of it I was like, okay, okay, let's 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 do it, Quentin. Come on, let's go. We're we're yeah. so close, we can end this. But um yeah, I, I would recommend it if you are a fan of any of its actors because I mean, they all, Tim Roth is in there, you know, really yeah. wonderful people get to do really good work. Um, definitely check that old IMDb content advisory if you're worried about the violence. It takes a lot, kind of like Pone Tomahawk, it takes a long time yeah. to get violent. And then when it does, it gets really violent, um, which I didn't, whatever, you know, okay. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not mad at him. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it, by the end of it, I was like, I think just Tarantino and I were just never going to really sync up. I, remember, I just haven't seen the movie that does it yet. But that said, there's some great stuff. There is some something there that I, I think is very, very good. Um, and Neon Demon, I think, sensorily speaking, is really great. Narratively is fine. But also, if you're going to watch Neon Demon, I would say you could watch Mulholland Drive and get not the same experience, but one that I think works more cohesively. And I don't... If you're wanting to watch, hey, I don't know. If you want to watch Kurt Russell have cool facial hair and say cool stuff, and and you've already you know. watched the other awesome western he did that year, 
exactly. It's like, well, you could also watch Bone Tomahawk, yeah. <laughs> um, which I love. So, yeah, I, I definitely do not hate either movie. I would say that they are both – they both have things that I think are done really well, but I can't I, – I couldn't work up enough enthusiasm to fully recommend either one. But The Neon Demon and The Hateful Eight are two movies. Yeah, Britain, two thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> I hate you and you're wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, first of all, how dare you? Elaborate qu- on that. Qu- no. Quite the opposite. The first time I saw Hateful Eight, I had basically the same exact reaction. Mm. And yeah. I, it, it it has definitely improved sure. uh, after uh, subsequent uh, rewatches. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that's just getting more comfortable with it. Because <laughs> sure, Tarantino yeah. like yeah. It, likes his shock value. So maybe once that wears off. Um, that's true. Yeah. And I have, I think, Inglorious bastards might be the only one of his movies i've seen twice i think all the others that i've seen i've only watched once so yeah maybe going back and seeing any of them a second time i would feel better about my second thought is that if you were to like any of his films the kill bill movies would be sure that that would be it yeah i can i can certainly uh envision that being the case because I, I i again i i continue to be he is a director i'm not wild about but he's not one i've boycotted in any way <laughs> from my life it's just like Whenever, whenever he announces a new movie, I go, I'll probably watch that at some point. <laughs> I'm not going to rush just, out to it, but yeah, for sure, man. Just the stylistic flourishes alone and all the things that he's referencing with Kill Bill. With like sure, sure. Old, old-fashioned kung fu movies, like that's... Yeah, that is a little closer to home for me. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Tyler? I, I don't know if I have anything. I'm reading some comics. I'll I'll report back when I have something cohesive <laughs> to report on there. I do want to I do want to feels weird to recommend a song um because it's like 3 minutes and it's like yeah go go sit down listen to a song for 3 minutes. Um but I do I do want to shout out a song um by the Mountain Goats which is mm. one of my favorite bands called Michael Myers Resplendent um Whoa. that I'm a fan of. It's not like uh, it, it basically it's just a fun little song that yeah. uh is referencing like somebody playing michael myers and uh ruminating on the uh dynamic of being a, a villain and like being in these movies and all this stuff like it's a it's a fun reflection apparently um john darnell john darn darnell darnell i think it's darnell isn't it darnell or something like darnell. that yeah. that sounds yeah. better um apparently he's a big fan of slasher movies the, the lead man of the mountain goats and so that's where that came from fun song good good accompaniment accompaniment as we're going through these um, i gotta listen to that that sounds very yeah. cool uh I, I thought you would maybe recommend their song which is based on michael myers aspirations no children <laughs> sure <laughs> which is one of my favorite mountain goat songs <laughs> uh up the wolves is also very good alex yes. what you got uh, I've got a, a one very, 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 very lukewarm recommendation, oh. and then one real recommendation. That's not what I expected to be the word that would follow for <laughs> Um, I, I watched Reminiscence mm-hmm. um, on HBO Max. Apparently, it's like one of the biggest box office bombs in history now, which oh. is unfortunate. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, it's fine. I know it's yeah. not getting good reviews, but it, I, I think a lot of that a lot of my enjoyment from it is that the movie feels kind of made for me in in sure. many ways in terms of uh, the overall premise and you know it's got elements of inception in there some vanilla sky like it's it 
you know, a yeah. lot of that that type of stuff. Um, the cast is really, really good. Shocker, I know. Hugh Jackman, Tandy Newton, um, Rebecca Ferguson. Everyone's great. Uh, I think the problem is the movie has a hard time blending the sci-fi element with the neo-noir mystery element. And it feels almost like I'm watching two different movies sometimes. Um, and, like the action scenes in particular I found very distracting. They're very like over choreographed and, and kind of over the top and it, it doesn't feel like it meshes super well with the rest of the movie. And I don't know if it's edited weirdly or not, but it feels like at some points, like huge chunks of the plot are missing, or maybe I've got too much plot in the movie. Like I can't, I can't make up my mind. Like there's, there's something missing from it. Um, that really kind of pulls it all together and makes it effective. Um, but I, I, I think it's it, it's an interesting failure, if nothing else. Um, and I, I think, I uh, can't remember the director's name. Um, uh, Lisa Joy. Yes, and she is uh, married to Jonathan Nolan. I think part? so. Yeah. Um, ba- basically, she comes from like the Nolan crowd and, and she worked on Westworld. So it's got very much that that kind of vibe to it. Um, so Which, that's like, your, yeah, and I so, love that show. So. so, I mean, if that's your thing, you might get some yeah. enjoyment from it. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, very mixed recommendation. Like, I, I could sure. see people really enjoying it, and I could see people going, "Well, why don't I just watch like Westworld or, in my right, case, Vanilla right, Sky?" Right. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. uh, my actual recommendation is going to be Val. I did get, get around to watching it. Um, Called shot. <laughs> Uh, I didn't realize that Val Kilmer actually participated so much in the making of it. Um, I knew they pulled from like his old, uh, home movies when he was making all, all of his films and such, and a lot of stuff from his life. Um, they even show like the warehouse where he keeps just like, it's got like thousands and thousands of videotapes in there that they're pulling from. Like, it's pretty crazy. Um, and it's basically just, you know, getting, digging into his life and, and kind of how, his career shaped him and then obviously um, having a throat cancer and then having to deal with that. And a a good chunk of the movie is it's interesting because a a lot of it is done through voiceover, but by his son and his son sounds like a younger Val Kilmer. So it's, it's interesting hearing him talk, but then Val Kilmer will actually, um, he's got a little device strapped to his neck. So he's able to talk. um, And he, he does sound uh, mechanical, I guess is the best way to put it. You know know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. Um, so that that does take a little bit of adjusting, but like it's not a big deal. And obviously it's it's cool to actually hear him talk and, and to speak about his life. Um, obviously, the big thing that I was interested in was like whenever he got to Batman Forever, I wanted to hear him talk about that. Yeah. Um, and basically he talks about how disillusioned he was at the end <laughs> of it, be, mainly because of the bat suit. Um, he talks about how, how isolating it was because you can't hear when you have the mask on and eventually people would just like stop trying to communicate with him. And he was just like, I feel like I'm just a prop. Like I'm the suit is doing the work, not me. Um, which is frustrating because Tyler and I both love his performance in Batman forever. Um, he dodged a bullet by not doing Batman and Robin. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting kind of hearing his thoughts on that and a little, little sad. Um, I I would say my only reservation about it is that because Val Kilmer is so much a part of the making of the documentary, 
it does feel a little self-indulgent in places. Um, and one of the big things that I was curious about was how he would respond to, there's a lot of negative criticism about like his behavior on sets sometimes and that he was a bit of a diva and particularly on the Island of Dr. Moreau, um, which he does talk about a little bit, uh, kind of his lack of enthusiasm once they actually started shooting the thing. Cause it was a nightmare. Um, but he doesn't really get very much in into the like he doesn't seem to like take any of the blame or or like I I, I don't know he he kind of shrugs it off he's like well I'm an actor and I'm I'm you know trying to just like make make the best uh, film that I can or assist in making the best film that I can and like he it, it doesn't really get into any like self criticism so like like it was still still solid and and I still learned a lot about the man and I. There, there was a whole thing about um before he got cancer he was doing like this this show traveling across the country like this um not quite a stand-up routine but a performance of mark twain oh okay and it's really fascinating and the way the movie's edited i was like wait did did his voice get better is he doing this after that like what's the timing here and then he found out like midway through doing his shows for that, that he was developing throat cancer. So he had to end it. And like the way he talks about it in the home videos, he's like, this was, it almost comes off like his magnum opus. Like this is like his big thing that he, he's been waiting his whole life to do. And it just kind of ended abruptly. So, um, but yeah, I, a lot of meandering there. Um, I, I still found it very effective and, and really enjoyable and really, um, educational if nothing else um i do wish that like i said i I wish it was a little more introspective and and kind of talking a bit more about the criticism of of kind of his um onset behavior during during some of his films just because i know he's a little notorious about that um but aside from that i thought it was very well done so val uh i think it's only on amazon prime but yeah Yeah, i think so I, i actually need to check that out then after watching movies by Nicholas Winding Refn and Quentin Tarantino, I could use some indulgence. Sure. <laughs> There's also a little scene where him and his son are dressed as uh, particularly Adam West and Burt Ward, Batman oh, and Robin. that's cute. Like running around the desert together. It's it's yeah. it's fun. Very fun. Cute. I like that. And he also talks about how um, when he was a little kid, his uh, family was on the set of the 60s Batman show and his dad, like, let him sit in the Batmobile. Oh, wow. And, like, 30 years later, yeah. you're doing the real thing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yay. It does um, make me want to go out and seek more Val Kilmer work because, sure. you know, I watched The Doors recently and he's really he's really wonderful in that. All my I other problems him. with that movie notwithstanding, yeah. um, I do want to watch just more Val Kilmer stuff in general. So. Have you seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yes. Yeah, he's great in that. I do wish he he touched on that one a bit more, too. He doesn't really sure. talk about that one all that much. Yeah. But, yeah. So Halloween 5 is our next one. The Revenge of Michael Myers. The Revenge of Michael Myers, Season of the Witch. It's uh-huh. his revenge on Britain for not liking Halloween 4. Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so you, didn't, you didn't like Halloween 4. Well, wait till You're you gonna see Halloween You're going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, have, I'm, I, I absolutely may like Halloween 5. I, like I said, it may all just be growing pains. I am, I'm very hopeful. Not necessarily. Uh, I'm not necessarily expecting this, but I'm hopeful that we'll continue to 
have at least one of us be like, this one was for me. Sure. Uh, we'll see how long that continues. Um, Don't look at the Rotten Tomatoes scores for Halloween 5. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I'm trying not to. Um, if you want to hear us talk about Halloween 5 and its very low Rotten Tomatoes scores, you can find us on herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud. I believe we are on Amazon Music now. Whoa. Amazon Music has podcast, and they sent an email, and we're like, hey, put your podcast here. And I was like, oh, all right. Um, I actually haven't looked at Congratulations. We did it. To us. Yeah. I, I have no idea what that looks like. I'm not going to check it. I might be wrong. Yeah. Um, but go try looking us up there. And if we're not there, go look us up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Write and review. That always helps. And... Um... Pray, pray for us. <laughs> Please do. Just... Um, or send us Shrek memes. Oh yeah, always open. I will, well, we got, got a good Michael Myers meme. We'll take that. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, Shrek and Donkey is Michael Myers and his little buddy, mm-hmm. um, the Mickey knife. Myers, <laughs> Mac the knife, Mac the knife. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, I don't know how to end the show funny or gracefully. Um, which is so weird for this show and for me. Um, <laughs> new new ground, breaking new ground. I'm so I'm so good at segues and stuff, which I guess I to- I thought I had something. Totally lost it. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. I've been Britton. I've been Alex. I've been Tyler, and you're having a happy Halloween.